Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is Strictly Confidential. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So, Asher, how's your week been? My week's been okay. It's been very corporate, as we discussed a little bit before the show. So, what that really means is not good for podcasting. Okay, well, I have other content we can use. Uh, (laughs) Is there anything that you feel like you know how to do really well that you don't think anybody else, or that you think other people may know how to do, but you think you figured out the exact right way to do it? I used to think that I was an X-man for being able to do what was called by me and others the lasagna tongue. That's some people can fold their tongue over or like do like weird little loopies, but I could do that shape where it has like three squiggles. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're definitely an alien. Okay, but you've seen that, right? That's not at all what I was thinking of, but yeah, I have 100% seen that, where it's like, I mean, I don't know, it's like the letter W with an extra U. Yeah, something like that. Just a bunch of squiggles. I mean, as a kid, that that was about all I had. I could draw, but I knew other people could draw. I could do this weird tongue thing, and then all my friends would just flip their shit, and I felt awesome. And then some other kid, whom I had never met before, shows up. He knew the same thing, and I was kind of devastated for the rest of the day that someone else had my weird body talent that I thought was unique to me. Okay, see, this is not at all the direction I was planning on going with this, but I also have a weird body talent. I, man, okay, even in a corporate setting, we can bring this back to my week of at the office. No matter how, no matter how businessy, everyone's in suits, people are sleeping in the meeting, everyone is excited to talk about body tricks. You scared of your CEO? Go up to your CEO and be like, look what I can do with my elbow, and then flop your elbow around, and then he'll be like, whoa, check out what I can do with my toes. And he'll take off his shoes immediately. There is some like, everyone loves body (laughs) tricks. Yeah, I guess there is some kind of innate human thing of thinking, this guy can do something weird with his body. I love him now. What can Um, you do, Jackson? So you know what I can do. You're just forgetting. Okay. But mine is the ability, and it's hard to describe this, but it's the ability to frat snap better than anybody else without flipping my wrist at all right yeah i was gonna say frat snap once you said that i knew what it was frat snapping already is Is, something that embarrassingly impresses me see it used to impress me and so that's why i figured out how to do it and how to do it well but i was at a baylor football game one time and saw this person walking up the stairs And they were frat snapping in such a way that convinced me I never wanted to do it again. Yeah, I was there with you. Oh, yeah. And I just like, from that point, I thought, okay, this is over. And so now I only do my my wacky frog pad finger one. We saw the Pillsbury Doughboy, not saying that he was immensely overweight, just a very doughy person with a upside down visor cap walking by himself and frat snapping as loud as he could. And you and I both made eye contact. And, and then and we both said frat snapping is over. Yeah, this and is it the completely end of days. ruined it. It completely ruined it for life. Yeah, it's it's a weird noise 
Shannon, my wife, thinks that it's because the end of my fingers, I have like a little bump along them, like a little bit of extra skin or something there. And so maybe it fits into that crevice really well. I don't entirely know, but all I know is that I can frat snap weird. Nice. It's something to be proud of. I also, when I was in baseball, or when I played baseball in middle school, I learned how to clap really fast, where you do the hand weaving. Thing. Yeah, that's good too. What were you originally asking about? I was originally asking about like a practical skill that you feel like you can do really well. <laughs> okay, well then I, I can go back to drawing. I'm a good illustrator. Um, no, but see, you're you are a very good illustrator, and don't take any offense to this at all. I don't. I was talking more like something that immediately would help people with like hunger or something. Oh, something or, useful. I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I don't think I have any of those. Okay, because I last year discovered how to make the perfect egg. And I figured that on this show, we could give away actual valuable information on how to do something. I, I'm not following. I was going to give a step-by-step guide on this show on how to make the perfect egg. I s- so you expect people to learn something on this show? Yeah, my thoughts exactly. You want to dive into the topic? Yeah, I don't know. Man, are you feeling okay? We'll we'll discuss after the recording. So, you want to dive in? Yeah, let's get in it. Okay, so today we are talking about Scandinavian ghost rockets. Okay, thank God. I almost learned how to make an egg. Okay, uh, let me paint a picture. You're in 1946. Sorry, let me start over. I wrote this and I still said the first two words wrong. Let me paint a picture. The year is 1946. You're in line to see It's a Wonderful Life in Finland, and you look up to the sky and see this. Now, that doesn't entirely work because most of this actually happened in June, and I imagine that the most popular Christmas movie of all time probably came out closer to December, but pretend I'm right there. On June 9th, 1946, a huge light appeared over Helsinki with a smoke trail and a flashing sound of thunder. The light's trail lasted for a full 10 minutes, And everybody would have regarded it as just a meteor or some weird space phenomena. But it happened again the next night. And according to news reports, the second one went a direction and then turned around and came back. Weird. And it's that it's whenever you have just lights in the sky is not that significant, even if you can't identify. But when they have these really weird, irregular, seeming to defy the laws of physics sort of patterns, that's when it gets freaky. The freaky thing here is how mechanical it was. Yeah. How a meteor is not going to go one direction, turn around like a car would, and then come back. And the the freaky thing about it happening two times in two nights is that this kind of thing didn't happen at all. Like, this was a year before the term flying saucer had even been coined. Hmm. And on June 12th, the the same year, The Swedish defense staff admitted to knowing about this happening since May, a whole month prior, but they got over 200 reports from the sighting on June 9th. So they knew about this happening, but they didn't really know, or they didn't tell anybody about it or anything. June, I'll give you, I'll give you a lot of information and then we can dive into mysteries and stuff beyond that. Okay. I'm ready for the facts. Okay. June 12th is when the Swedish government supposedly created the Special Ghost Rocket Committee, and according to a secret FBI memo released August 19th of that year, the higher-ups at the United States military 
tried to convince our Air Force to do research for them. On August 11th, more than 300 reports were observed in Stockholm, and nine days later, General Jimmy Doolittle, probably the best name for a general, met with the head of the Swedish Air Force, and most people believe that these ghost rockets were the focus of that meeting. There are documents of this happening all across the years since then, but I personally found hundreds of reports from people of this happening just in 1946. So this happens a lot, this ghost rocket phenomenon, and has happened a lot since the first time people have recorded it, since 1946. But in 1946, like Wikipedia says that in 1946, uh, there were over 2,000 sightings. Wow. Which is a large large number i mean can we compare that to something i wonder how many sightings were there for say like roswell I mean, obviously not that many i mean roswell being the most significant sighting of aliens uh i know we haven't really gotten to aliens yet in our conversation i'm jumping there but unidentified flying objects roswell's the most famous i don't think there were two thousand reports I don't think there were either. And this was from May to December. So that's only a period of like seven, eight months. This this is 2000 reports in one year, May to December. So you're saying and that the there was a ghost rocket committee that was assembled that was just trying to figure out what they were? Yeah. And so the mystery behind this is pretty crazy. Yeah, um, that sounds insane because normally you have... The government or it, whoever, like people will jump to saying it's the government or it's UFOs. Government say nothing's going on or like it's just, we're just testing some st- some new technology out. But the fact that there was within their government, a committee just designated to trying to figure out what the heck is going on. That even that also seems significant within the world of UFOlogy. And so... A little bit more background, it gets weirder too. In 1984, the Swedish government opened up their files on the project, meaning, and they revealed that they had over 1,500 reports from 1946 on, which is close to what Wikipedia said, but I imagine Wikipedia includes other countries and stuff. And 225 of the ones from Wikipedia were seen in broad daylight, and most of those crash landed. Um, but this is where it gets really weird. Sometimes they would crash in a lake or something. Most of the time they found them in lakes. Um, but as soon as the Swedish government got to the spot of the supposed crash site, they would find nothing other than craters and ruined vegetation. Well, yeah, because people are keeping their eyes out, man. I think civilians are, if there's anything hitting the ground, I don't think you're going to beat the people who live there to the crash site. If you had reports of 225 of them being seen in broad daylight, the Swedish government would probably get to one of those 225 first. That, that's right? fair. That's fair. I think the statistical odds of there being 225 reports and every one of those reports is from a person that saw the spaceship thought, you know what? I'm going to go pick up that thing and take it home before the government could get there. I don't, I don't think that's logical. Yeah. So they would arrive to these crash sites and find nothing more than a smoldering crater and nothing at the impact point? Nothing at the impact point, yeah. That's insane. Um, in, in September of 1946, it was seen other than just in Scandinavia too. It was seen Hungary, Greece, Morocco, and Portugal. In, I mean, above, obviously. And hung, I guess you can probably count that as Hungarian airspace, but yeah. 
Um, and this is when the Swedish government started trying to diminish talk about it by spreading rumors that it was Soviet tests of captured German rockets. Yeah, because there I mean, was- this, this is taking place one year after the end of World War II, bear in mind. So yeah. the, 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 the conclusion that it's a military operation actually Seems probably would have been obvious. the first thing that people went for instead of aliens. Um, but, and so this, this would all have to happen because of there is a, uh, Baltic Island controlled by Germany. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce this one. P E N E M U N D. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a pass on that. Yeah. We're just going to call it the, the German Island. Um, and it got conquered by Russia. And so the, the Swedish government spread rumors that it was Soviet tests of captured German rockets. But here's the thing. Those were disputed by scientists worldwide because they had never found any fragments. They left no exhaust trail and the rockets were in almost every case completely silent. Yeah. I mean, there would have been some traces of that. Yeah. Um, Especially in 1946. I mean, they talk about how now we have pretty advanced, uh, I mean, air technology. But at this point, these would be unmanned small vessels flying in from space. Yeah. Which is like... Which is far from what we have now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about pre-moon landing aerospace technology, which was, I mean, in the 60s, also shockingly primitive. So, 40s, very crude machines by our standards today. Yeah, and so the last thing I have on this before we dive into kind of speculating is 40 years later, the Secretary of Sweden's Defense Staff Committee was interviewed, and he said, or Defense Staff Committee at the time, was interviewed, and he said... I would like to say that everyone on the committee, as well as the chairman himself, I'm going to repronounce that word. Because <laughs> how you that. It stuck out, but I wasn't going to call you out. As, where, as well as the chairman himself was sure that the observed phenomena did not originate from the Soviet Union. Nothing pointed to that solution. Hmm. On the other hand, if the observations are correct, many details suggest that it was some kind of cruise missile that was fired on Sweden, but nobody had that kind of sophisticated technology in 1946. Wow. I mean, for this to be a natural phenomena, it that seems to be ruled out just by the fact that it's only happening in Sweden. And I, if there were a, a strangely frequent meteor shower... I feel like we, it wouldn't be so localized. Yeah, that's my that's my thing too, is that how would it be possible for a meteor shower or something like that to rarely land other places, but land in Sweden 1,500 times? Right. And of course, we talked about the irregular patterns also gives off the idea that it's mechanical. It's not going to change trajectory if it's simply falling from the sky. Yeah, like if I throw a rock right now just towards this window and it turned around and peeled right back, I would think something is up with that rock. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's entirely how asteroids and meteors work. Mm. Real quick, can we take a tangent and judge that analogy? I'm trying to get better at analogies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, putting anything on a smaller scale helps. Yeah, but there's so many of those little things and they people in their reports said stuff like, we saw wings, we saw a physical object in the sky moving. And it looked, I mean, obviously nobody found actual evidence of what it was, but from reports, and a lot of these, I'll admit, are, I like 
Miss Henderson called in and said she saw this rocket and there weren't any other reports. So it'd be easy to believe that she imagined it. Mm -hmm. But this kind of thing, they saw what looked to be actual rockets with wings and set up like we have rockets in our labs and countries around the world. The date really gives it a lot of extra significance too. I mean, this, I mean, like you said, this is a year before we have the term flying saucer. We are on the precipice, though, of the alien saucer craze, because that really begins in, in the early 50s. So we're only, a, we're only a few years out from people seeing aliens everywhere. You know, uh, War of the Worlds, which I'm not sure when. Did War of the Worlds coin the term flying saucer? Who came up with that term? Uh, I did not figure that part out. I don't. I mean, my point is that they blew it because they already had the term ghost rocket, which is way cooler. So I actually, in doing research for this, found um, this guy wrote a UFO briefing document, which is really, it's really intensive, but it's a lot of, it's a pretty much a list of the biggest situations with this kind of space record. Um, and so the first one to happen was one in 1945 to, or 1944 to 1945. And I didn't read that one because Ghost Rockets Over Scandinavia is such a better title mm -hmm. than, the, than that one. Oh, yeah. But but that means that all of this stuff happening really started happening in 1944. Obviously, they probably saw it before that. And people thought people saw weird stuff in the sky before that, because I'm sure weird stuff has been in the sky forever. But our government didn't start recording it until 1944. Cool, man. Well, I want to get into speculation. I'm eager to start. I mean, I've kind of skipped ahead <laughs> to some speculation throughout, but what's the official educated guess as to what these rockets were? The educated guess is genuinely still just rockets from Germany. Hmm. I, for one, think it's 100% aliens. I mean, they've if this story more than any other UFO story I've heard excludes a lot of easy answers. The, yeah. the weather balloon story is not possible. The meteor story is not possible. A lot of the correct answers to UFOs don't apply here. So it is a strange third option that you wouldn't immediately think of. And I love that about this, is that this gives so much potential to all of this. Because it really could be almost anything. Yeah, and, and this it's the era of governments believing that they can, you know, that wars will be decided by aerial combat from here on out. And basically, like, that's where we're seeing like, so much experimentation that comes from, you know, like, they're, ex they're expecting it to be Germany. But these definitely wouldn't have been rockets in the, the way that we understand them to have worked at, during this time. Especially because... 1946 is nine years before the space race even starts. Right. And we are into space sending only gigantic vessels at that point. Huge things that are like, I don't know, probably a hundred times the size of my house. And that kind of thing is not the size of craters they found. So if, if the way I see it, I see two possible things here. Okay. I see thing one is alien. I think that's interesting. I think the speculation there isn't as... We can dive into the speculation there. Thing two, I think there is a government on this planet that has had 
rocket technology and better rocket technology for longer than any other government on this planet. And nobody knows about it. Right. That's where my head's at. If this was a German technology, it's something that still has not been revealed to us. And perhaps it was a dead end. Maybe it wasn't useful and it was scrapped. And then just throughout time, a scrapped failed, like a, a, a failed aerospace program that can easily be lost to time. You can see that being something that just gets discarded ultimately. See, I think, I think that if it was a country as large as Germany or as important as Germany, we would know about it. Hmm. I'm thinking... That's probably fair. I'm thinking, and this is entirely speculation and not at all based in fact, but I think you could reasonably say it's a country like, like Denmark hmm. that is definitely first world. People know about it. People don't really know much about it. A wealthy country that you're not likely to be able to point out on a globe. Or alternatively, it could be somewhere like Switzerland that has intentionally set themselves apart as, hey, we don't want to participate in any battles ever. <laughs> yeah. Because they want to focus on science. Okay, now we had to get here. What do the aliens want? What are they trying to tell us with these signals? They're over draining our cows of blood. Now they're just blasting craters into the earth, but not hurting anyone. At least I don't, no one was hurt in any of these impacts, right? I think that would have been something we talked about if that was the case. Uh, that would be something the internet had talked about, and I didn't find that anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I'm assuming nobody got hurt. I Let's use our imagination here for a sec, because that's all this show is. I think that if it is aliens, then my theory is that there is a planet somewhere far enough away to be outside of our solar system, but close enough away for us to reach it at some point in space travel. Yeah, because I, I mean, think, they got here. I think that, yes... I think that they are aliens sending kind of not not spies, but reconnaissance missions to see, okay, uh, what other planets are there out there? What's going on? We figured out space travel, and we can do it in small ships like in Futurama. Yeah. And so that's my thought, is that these are cartographers. Hmm. And that's not just because I love saying the word cartographer. It does make you sound smart. I genuinely think that if there are this many coming in, like if there are 2,000 reports, they want every detail on every planet. Sure. And in that case, there's no little alien inside of the rocket. This could be basically a uh, like how we send out satellites and rovers. This is a technology where they can, they're totally okay with having it impact the site because it's not being piloted. It's a, it's a remote device. And it's just gathering information about the planet that it reaches. Especially because this says, or the what I found on Wikipedia means that around 10% of these crashed, hypothetically. And the Swedish government actually had a claim for that, had an argument saying that they must have been constructed by Germans to disintegrate immediately. Yeah, that's the craziest part, really. That's the part that's maybe if we were recording this podcast at night, it's a bright, beautiful day out right now. It probably would have given me the creeps, the idea that they all vanished, dissolved into the earth, or were reclaimed by whoever originally owned them. See, I think, I think we have to take a lot of steps of faith here to trust all of this. I think that the step one, we have to trust that there is an alien planet out there. But step two, and I think more importantly, that alien planet has their space technology 
way ahead of ours. I think that if they figured out space travel as well as this theory um, sustains that they have, they are going to also have figured out how to very quickly destroy a rocket. Yeah. But yeah, that part is what, that's the part for me that cements it so much as such a cool mystery. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's kind of a cop-out, but it's also a pretty common tra- train of logic there where if these beings made it here, they're pretty much already wizards, so they can do any, any other <laughs> magic. It kind of becomes like a catch-all, you know what I'm saying? That's why it's yeah, a little less convincing to me. But then again, what's more convincing? The existence of alien life that is capable of space travel or that the Germans built rockets out of ice. And as unconvincing as it is, I'd still much rather have something like this where so few of the alien arguments are answered here than another alien argument. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's Scandinavian ghost rockets. One of the most badass names for anything. And... Yeah tantalizingly disclosed is that the right word not solved i think i think a good way to phrase it would be strictly confidential Ooh, (laughs) sorry for all the peeking on the audio but i had to clap for that but yeah now that we've now that we've relaxed and looked at these rockets in the sky do you want to hit the snopes yeah let's bring it back down to earth but not too low we got to stay at the top of the peaks let's hit the snopes Insert slap and track here. Jackson, do you have any tattoos? Not yet. I thought for sure you had a tattoo like on your left butt cheek or something. Or is that strictly confidential? I don't have any tattoos on either of my butt cheeks. Okay, wow. Well, the fact that I thought you did really says a lot. Yeah. Um, I also don't have any tattoos, but I really just haven't had like a reason to. The excuse that I've given is that I haven't found anything that I'm willing to commit to. Like, I don't have any s- symbology that is important enough to me that I would want to have it be permanently a part of my body. Um... <laughs> But I might actually have some motivation to get a tattoo now. Yeah. What if you get a tattoo of the logo of your favorite restaurant? And that tattoo gives you free food or at least a discount for life. I'm on board, yeah. This is such an enticing offer that it became an internet rumor and then spread pretty quickly through people talking about what tattoos they would get. And I think originally that is how it started, was if you could get a tattoo from a restaurant, specifically fast food in this case, which one would you get? So basically a fun way to ask, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? People hearing this thought, wait, I can get free food? And there was a, uh, I don't want to say a PR nightmare, but a lot of people who have to manage social media accounts for fast food chains had to constantly let people down to let them know that no... Our logo will not get you free food at one of our restaurants. I hate that that's the answer and that it's just a flat no, but I want to talk about it should. I don't want this to just be like, nah, we're not giving you anything and then move on. I mean, Hulu's been doing that obnoxious promotion for live sports. And I mean, hey, 
It worked. I'm talking to you about it. And now you're hearing about it on the podcast and we ain't getting paid. But a famous basketball player got the Hulu branding tattooed on his arm, paid a uh, exorbitant amount of money to do so. But if I'm going to get a uh, free Chick-fil-A for wearing a cow costume once a year, I should at least get a discount if I have Chick-fil-A tattooed on my arm. I would argue that you probably, if you have Chick-fil-A tattooed on your arm, you would probably at least be given the employee discount. (laughs) Especially because I think most fast food restaurants, employees can just give you an employee discount. So, but yeah, this is is Chick-fil-A the place you would pick for your tattoo? I don't know, man. There's, they're kind of in some hot water right now. Uh, Okay. What, what place would you pick? Great question. I would get a tattoo. This is something that gets people heated. Okay. If you want to, you want to bring people together, talk about weird body tricks. You want to get people steamed, try to rank fast food places. Because everyone, no matter what your list is, you think it's very like objectively like high quality to low quality. The other, the person you're talking to is going to think you're insane. They're going to be like, there's no way that you think Wendy's is top tier. Everyone has very passionate Is Wendy's opinions. your top tier? See, maybe it is, but I can already tell you're going to fight me on it if it is. I'm not at all. I would only fight you on yours if yours was Long John Silver's. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's as long John Silver's, my man. Uh, Captain D's is the superior fast food seafood. Um, uh, it's a little tough because I don't eat beef anymore, but I would probably put something like, uh, does Torchy's count? Yeah, I would get a Torchy's tattoo so fast. Torchy's absolutely does not count. Ugh, it doesn't count as fast food. I was just talking about restaurants originally. Uh, Domino's Pizza. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean... To each their own, and that is perfectly fine that you love Domino's Pizza. Oh, don't be don't have... be civil. That's not good content. We need to fight. Okay, okay well, I'm not going to pick pizza for mine, but you're really not going to pick Little Caesars over Domino's? Oh, man. Little Caesars is garbage, but I really like their logo. Like, in, See, now we're just getting into the actual design of the logo. I would probably rather have that cool <laughs> mid-century illustration style on my body, but... I still probably wouldn't eat there ever. <laughs> I mean, they're not good, but they are hot. And they and are ready. ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, I was going to say my number one choice is Taco Bell. And that's a good logo to have too. Yeah. But over the last week, I was in Austin and I had P. Terry's again. Ooh, boy, that place is good. Ooh, boy. I feel like Austin actually is going to be pretty much the upper echelon of fast food. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So don't get a tattoo for any sort of uh, personal gain. Do it because you have a personal interest. I guess if Taco Bell is your absolute, is your passion, is your favorite restaurant, go for it. But you're probably not going to get anything out of it, even though I think you really should. I do too. All right, well, Jackson's got some Doritos Logos, Logos Tacos to eat, so we need to wrap this up. I want to thank Glenn Merle. For the use of our theme song, Threadbare, off the album Burn of Proof. And that's on Spotify, iTunes, any place you get music. That's where you can find it. And GlimmerlMusic.com, where you can get updates about his new EP he just dropped a few weeks ago. Definitely listen to that. And thanks to Connor Voigt, who wrote our Hit the Snopes jingle. He's great at writing jingles. I've heard another one that he wrote recently. And dude's got talent for those 30-second bops. So we're really grateful to have that one. 
Yeah. And then if you want to follow us on our social media, we've got an Instagram at, at Strictly Confidential Show and a Twitter at S Confident Show. And if you want to send us an email about anything, about your fast food tattoos, about your topics you want us to talk about, about your theories about Scandinavian ghost rockets, about whether or not Asher and I should start a lo-fi pop punk band named Scandinavian Ghost Rockets, it's up to you. Our email address is strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. If you want to be the bass player for our lo-fi pop punk band, Scandinavian Ghost Rockets, then definitely reach out. And we would love to have you on the show as an interviewee. We like interviewing people. Plus, we'll have a wider uh, net to find people to interview if you tell your best friend that you listen to the show and that they would probably like it too. Because you guys have similar tastes and word of mouth is extremely helpful when it comes to the growth of this show. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Is that all we do? That's all we do, man. Well, as always, I've been Jackson. And I've been Asher. And this has been Strictly Confidential. Make sure that you remember... Shoot, I didn't I didn't think of anything. I thought I had something. <laughs> just, just use yeah, that. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> just, just use that. 